0: else and I was <clears throat> I was really thinking I wasn't I wasn't thinking I just what, what came what came into my heart was the love of the father the father heart of God I don't think people realize the love that God has for them Christians we may because we talk about it a lot but I think most people Uh, out in the world uh, would probably look at God and see more uh, the judgmental aspect of God. God is a judge, don't get me wrong, but he has a heart of a father, the perfect father. Not a distorted view of father that we may have, but the perfect father. And we see that in the prodigal son. And so, uh, you know, my, my prayer is for that people that are walking in this morning, people that are, you know, walking next week or the week after, would experience the love of a father, a real father, the true father of us all. Um, we're going to continue with our series today. It's not specifically a Father's Day message, uh, but it, we will relate it to what we have been doing in terms of fathers, or we have been celebrating, I should say, in terms of fathers, we've been doing this series from Corinthians called Crazy Church, not us, it's been going for so long, it's, it's a long series, that's because Corinthians is a long book, and and today we, we're going to get into a, a very interesting part, It's towards it's the tail end, it's the home stretch, if you like, okay, of corinthians it's chapter 12 and we are going to talk about the gifts of the spirit and so for the next three or four weeks um, we're going to be talking about the use and the misuse of the gifts of the spirit in church how it is to be used and we're going to go through it verse by verse i was going to do the whole chapter today and then yesterday i'm like we're going to be here for like an hour Uh, you know, just just going through this more. So I had to cut it in half and we're going to have to do the second half of this chapter next week. But before we go there, let's pray. Let's pray that God would speak into our hearts and illuminate His scripture. Father, we come before You. We acknowledge Your presence. We don't step into Your presence lightly. Your son paid the ultimate price so that we can approach you just like this and ask you as our father to bless us with your knowledge through the work of your Holy Spirit to continue to transform us, to thank you that you have saved us And I pray that every person here would encounter your presence, encounter your truth this morning. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1, is, uh, what, verse 1, Paul says this, Now about the spiritual gifts now about gifts of the spirit brothers and sisters i do not want you to be uninformed i don't want you to be uninformed now as a father there are some things that i want my children to know for sure i do not want them to be uninformed you know what i'm talking about there's some rules in your house number one don't touch my bacon I'm kidding. Uh, that is important, but <clears throat> I, uh, yesterday we had waffles. So we celebrated Father's Day yesterday, and we had waffles. Uh, they made me waffles, and there were so many toppings. We had caramel, and ice cream, and dollop cream, and um, what else do you need, right? And then we had berries, and chocolate sauce, and we're, we're about to start eating, and I'm like, where's the bacon? I need bacon. So I cooked up some bacon quickly. I, I, I do like bacon. But that's not the most important rule, okay? You know, there are certain things that you need your children to know. Like um, we, we, a little while ago, we did a fire drill. Mike is kind of sleeping on the other side of the house. We moved his bedroom. you know. Every, uh, he's sleeping on the other side of the house. And I wanted him to know that if we were stuck in a fire and for whatever reason we couldn't get to him, this, this is what you do. I want you to know. And we went through everything. These are exits. If you hear the fire alarm, all that sort of stuff, right? And Paul is doing the same thing here. He's like, I do not want you to be uninformed about the gifts of the Spirit. Because if we are uninformed, there is something that we are missing that we absolutely need in our lives so we can be, have and live a fulfilled Christian life. I want to suggest that it's not just hard it's close to impossible to live the Christian life no it's not close to it is impossible to live the Christian life without the working of the Holy Spirit within you it is impossible and so we cannot ignore this so Paul is saying to the Corinthian church I do not want you to be uninformed verse 2 you know a you know that when you were pagan somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to meet idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Now, there's a there's a lot of information in those two verses, but. Um, Paul is relying on a lot of previous knowledge that the Corinthians had in their world firstly what we should not take for granted what is implied here is that we live in a spiritual world we live in a spiritual world that is something that for the most part our culture tries to hide Have you heard of this term called naturalism? Naturalism is the idea that everything that we see is by natural processes. The world, how it got here, it didn't get here supernaturally through creation, it got here through a process of evolution. And so when we think that way, we do away with the supernatural. There is a natural explanation for everything. It is very hard. In fact, I would say it's impossible to actually follow Jesus wholeheartedly if you do not believe in the supernatural, because the very core of our belief system is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is a supernatural event. It's not natural, it's not like he fell into a coma and then he woke up. That's not what happened. He experienced death in all of its nastiness, and he was raised from the dead supernaturally by God the Father. And because of that, now we all have hope that supernaturally, we, when once we die, we'll, we'll experience resurrection. That's the core of our faith. We have a supernatural faith. And therefore, it follows that the work of the Holy Spirit is supernatural the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is just not natural gifts there is a supernatural element am I making sense? now Paul talks about mute idols there is a there is an experience or an expectation or a a type of worship idol worship where It was expected that the spirit of the idol would embody the person and they would act in ecstatic ways and manifest the spirit that happened in paul's time as it does happen today this shouldn't surprise us jesus talks about demon possession jesus talked about casting out demons right and i've seen this I've seen manifestations of uh, demonic manifestations particularly in India it's a bit covert here but you but it does happen and so Paul is pointing out hey there is a negative aspect of it there is demonic powers but there is also the power of the spirit of Christ. Now sometimes it's not all that obvious to work out what's what satan doesn't always appear with a pitchfork and and horns in fact i'm not quite sure where that came from but that's not how he hangs out i um i had a there was a there was a lady who was a a a girl really this was a long time ago in a in a meeting that we were uh, a few of us were taking like a young adults a meeting she was a mormon she started coming along and she was really enjoying it and uh as as you may know mormons actually don't believe that jesus is divine and you know we were talking about that specific aspect of it and she said to me you know um i'm at peace with that because um i asked the holy spirit if jesus was the son of god and he told me no and and i'm like hmm i don't think that's the holy spirit Um. Here we go. So Paul Paul points out, he goes, I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed. You want to know what is of the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God is in line with the truth of Scripture. This is truth. So when we're talking about the gifts of Spirit, some people get really scared because they're like, oh, you're opening yourself up to the spiritual realm, and how do you know? I'll tell you how you know. You go to the Word of God. So you got, you got all this, you got obviously demonic activity and you've got some sort of uh, spiritual activity that sometimes we don't know because it, it, it comes wrapped up in some religion or it comes wrapped up in something nice, but it's not in line with scripture. Can I encourage you? When we step into the spiritual realm as we ought to because we are living in a supernatural world and we believe in a supernatural God and we believe as we are supernatural individuals and we step into that, make sure it's in line with the Word of God. All right? Because people, people do all sorts of weird things. Call it the working of the Spirit, and it's not in line with Scripture because the Spirit cannot say Jesus is cursed, nor can anyone say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Are, are you getting me here? Are you with me here? Jesus, the Apostle Paul, through the work of the Spirit, is saying, "I do not want you to be ignorant of the of the, uh, of the gifts of the Spirit, but I also want you to understand what is in line with truth and what is aligned with." the world that is against the truth and it's important that we can differentiate. So what are these gifts? What are the gifts of the Spirit? We're going to go through some of these and then we're going to talk about some practical application. Verse 7, I'm going to skip a few verses and I'm going to come back to those verses a little bit later. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, why is the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit given? For the common good, right? We're going to talk about misuse of the the working of the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk about that next next week. Uh, But for the common good, it's good for us all if every person is working in their gift. Now, for a second, I want uh, you to imagine that Someone is walking around with a whole bag of gifts, okay? I don't want to compare the Holy Spirit to Santa, so I'm not going to go there. But just go with me here, all right? Someone's walking with a whole ba- bunch of gifts through here. Now, some people get, uh, you're going to get a voucher, all right? You're going to get $50 voucher. You're going to Westfield voucher. Some people are going to get a tool, a hammer. Some people are going to get whatever it is now some of those gifts are going to be a one-off sort of you're going to use it there's some special knowledge there's something that you can use you get to use it once other gifts are going to be there more you can reuse a hammer you know what i'm talking about so we're going to go through these gifts and you're going to recognize some of these uh some of the differences between this and this is really the work of the holy spirit it says in verse four there are different types of gifts and uh but they're distributed By the Holy Spirit. We'll go there and look at that in just a second. Verse 8. To one, there is given through the Holy Spirit a message of wisdom. Everyone say wisdom. That's one of the gifts. What is that? We'll go through it in just a second. To another, a message of knowledge. Or some, some translations say word of knowledge. Everyone say knowledge. By means of the same Spirit to another, faith. Say faith. By the same spirit, to another, gifts of healing. Say healing. By that one spirit, to another, miraculous powers. Say miraculous. To another, prophecy. Say prophecy. (laughs) To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. Say tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Say interpretation of tongues. all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distinguishes them to each one just as he determines now i want to point out that these there are nine gifts here by the way if you've been counting there's nine however when you look further on in scripture further on in the same chapter on verse 28 there are a few more that come out so let's go there verse 28 he says And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, that wasn't in the previous list, of guidance. That's a very interesting word, guidance there. It's translated in the NIV, guidance. In other translations, it's it's translated as administration or leadership. That's a gift. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit and of different kinds of tongues. Now, to add to that list, if you go to Romans, Romans chapter twelve verse six, Paul mentions gifts. Some of them overlap with this. Some of them are not mentioned here. Let's have a look. Romans chapter twelve verse six to eight. We have different uh, different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. That's a gift. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, depending which theologian you talk about, and there are offices like prophet apostles and and so on and gifts but we're not going to go through all of that and there's some that overlap but in general most theologians say there's between 18 and 22 gifts that are mentioned in this list that 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 i that i went through paul talks about those gifts but here's the point here's the point there are supernatural gifts there are gifts of the holy spirit that he wants each one of us to have he distributes them he gives them out and he wants you to use them to profit for the common good in your life that's good news now we can't go through all of these we'll be here all day but I just want to go through uh, nine of these gifts that are given uh, in, the, in the chapter we are looking at the first one we talked about was the gift of wisdom The gift of wisdom is a spiritual supernatural understanding that is upon you, wisdom to make choices and decisions in accordance with God's will. Who's ever been in a circumstance where you're like, man, I don't know what to do. Who would like a gift of wisdom deposited in that circumstance? That is part of the work of the Holy Spirit. And I believe with all my heart that He wants to actually give us supernatural knowledge and understanding to live a life. I think these days as a parent, you need some supernatural wisdom to raise your children. There is so much stuff going around, particularly with technology, that we don't even know how to use in comparison to our children like were, we, were, we were watching something the other day and uh the person mentioned uh it, it ran off a list of all these social media platforms we didn't know half of them now we know the common ones you know facebook instagram snapchat all that okay we know them i'm not i don't have snapchat right i don't have tiktok you know i stay off that i'm a christian um no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm messing with it i'm just kidding i'm just kidding um I, I don't you know we need some supernatural wisdom and how to raise our children guys we don't have to do it ourselves we have the work of the Holy Spirit within, within us that's what Paul is saying if we're going to take this scripture seriously like the rest of it and apply it apparently there are gifts that the Holy Spirit wants us to have